Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. Makes me feel like a... You know what, though? But none of that stuff impresses me. I'm not a big uh, star effer. I'm not really... Uh, stop it. Just stop. I'm not into it. Stop, please. Do you please, think I'm a star effer? Why go? Because I've gotten friendly with uh, Kira. She lives in my neighborhood. That's because you're a star effer. No, she invites me to a million things. <laughs> I said a star effer. She's a nice girl. What were you doing this weekend? I'm really into the Internet now. I've developed a love of the Internet. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand that this this schlub, Phil Graham, is screaming that we have to censor the Internet. It's just, it's, it's repulsive to me. It's repugnant. Listen, I, I'm very well versed on the new technologies. You know what a SIM card is? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. I see it in my phone. Every right. I take the you're phone. not only going to see it in your phone, you're going to see it in your car very soon, a SIM card. You know? Mm-hmm. And once that happens, it's called Game Changer. I never read the social media comments about the show. A, I can't stand social media because I hate that people have power now. You know, in the old days, if you hated me, you'd have to write a letter to the station. What do you think about Baba Bowie? What do you think about Artie? Everyone likes Artie. Artie's super funny. They describe him as, you know, a little bit crude, but funny and uh, they likable. Baba Bowie, everyone loves Baba Bowie. I'm reading the research, and then it gets to me, and they go, well, because Howard's so controversial, maybe this is the reason for the result. Like, 40% of the people kind of like it. The rest of them think I'm a fucking asshole. Really? Crude. Everybody loves Artie. Oh, Artie, yeah. Yeah, but are you sure they really know who me and Baba Bowie are? I don't know. They like you. And the other thought I had was that if the FCC does kick us off the air, how would we reach these millions of people that listen to us? Will we just fade away? What if we have an announcement to make to them or want to communicate with them? This would be a great contingency. So make it free, make it up there, and let the fans have fun. And I didn't have any moderators, nothing. I said, let anyone can write what they want. So now when you go on there, there's like thousands of posts of just like, I don't even know who the people are. It's almost like people who hate the show more than people who like it. And it's like you get on there and it's like, Stern sucks. He's a homo. Uh, Robin's a pain in the ass. That's a horse face. Uh, Artie's a, 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 a jack off. Um, you know, kill Howard. Oh, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> anyway, the birthday bash is there for you for free. And not because I couldn't sell it to a network. Yes, many networks did want it, but I thought this But who would even think that way? I don't know, and it, the, the thoughts are so rapid. Welcome, everybody, to Quite Frankly, a Howard Stern podcast featuring myself. I'm your host, Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore, a.k.a. Fillmore Fingers. And with me, of course, is my host with the most, my co-host with the most, Sam. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> one four three. One uh, four three. Everyone, nothing happened in, this week. No, not at all. And before I get in through to anything, I'm just going to give my one of my favorite fruits from Kavafi in Greek. So give me a moment here and maybe look it up if you got some. Uh, if you got some f- Greek friend, email tiposu isus na mini mekanis nagino aftoputhelis. We are going to today, believe it or not, due to demand 
because when we had our old channel, people had requested this, and I always put it off, and Sam and I decided, let's not do it because it had been done at the old place. And then we decided, why not do it our way? Why not try it out? So we're going to do the Summit video. We're going to review it ourselves. Yeah, Sam? We really had um, thought about this long and hard, but... Mm -hmm. The interesting part was on the old channel, along with Facebook, people were like, you have to redo this video. You have to redo this video. I mean, it was right. just a constant, even it didn't matter if we did a weeks in review mm -hmm. or um, a reshinding episode or a deep dive, people always wanted us to go after this video and redo yeah. it. I think because, you know, it well, just it's, doesn't it's... help when... You're half deep in a bottle of Car Carlo Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, there was a couple things that I wanted to redo it for, a couple reasons why I wanted to redo it. Number one, when we do it, it's different than when other places do it. And number two, um, there's more information to be mined from it uh, over the years as a result of, especially with it being the contract year or the end of contract year for Stern, as it were, and keeping in mind the sort of... Um, seismic change that was happening to him around the, that time and just it's funny to always look back yeah hindsight gives you such good wisdom and knowledge too so the fact that you can come and watch this again from mm -hmm. what we know now and just see how far the show has come even more so mm -hmm. is such a reflection and plus a lot of stern people have been more willing to reach out yeah, and I have actually got in touch with uh, Richie Wilson, who's a, a good friend, and actually we contact, we keep in touch every so often for other stuff, actually, on Twitter especially. And um, I asked him some, uh, just if he'd answer some questions about it, and I'm going to give you some of the answers to some of those questions now, and the second half will add some more, because we did come up with other ones after the fact, some really good ones that Sam came up with. And um, he just added that he just wanted me to mention uh, I don't mind you saying it was me. Most will assume it was me anyway. Just can you add the caveat that I don't go out and publicly bash the show. I really don't. But I will never not answer a question about it to the best of my ability. And that's something he said before on, I think, Stuttering John's show. Um, he'd made a Reddit post about a year ago, kind of trying to not clear his name because there was no guilt needed and there's nothing needed. But uh, I think it got back to him from Gary or somebody that Gary was pissed and he thinks Richie's leaking all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And Richie's like, even when he was at the show, and I remember this, I have the audio, he would never shy away from something that was an unpopular opinion. For example, he went after Gary when he was still there. He said, I don't find Artie funny. Like, I like the guy, but he never made me laugh. And this was when Artie was out during um, the making of uh, Beer League. And uh, they all had a vote on the air. <laughs> it was like, yeah. should he stay or should he go? You remember that? It was like 2005, I, I guess. Yeah. And he was there and he was adamant. So I never, I never lied about it. I wasn't hiding behind a couch saying this stuff. Uh, and I always admired that about Richie, to be honest with you. He was very straight up. So I mean, why craft your opinion to be something it's not just to, you know, please the boss? Yeah. So first question. I asked him if, uh, if there was any idea because there's only an hour of video that's available so far. Did he have any idea if the second part of the meeting was filmed? And he answered, yes, it was. But the tapes only had a 60-minute record time, so they were swapped out. I definitely know it was recorded. Um, the copy that we got is in 720p. It was from YouTube, and I think that's the highest resolution you're going to find. And the audio you're hearing is just from the camera itself 
whether if Howard was miked or not, you're, that's why it's so echoey. Um, question number two, what was the general mood amongst the staff before and after? He said, going into it, we did know it was a quote town hall meeting for the future of the show. After there were a lot, there was a lot of what the fuck? Can you believe this shit? Oh man, what happened to him? Comments. Sam, would you like to read uh, number three and four? Yes. Did mm-hmm. did anybody know or expect that it would be what was presented? And he said, nope. It was just presented as a town hall and look into the future. Number four. Yep. How much interaction did Marcy have within the studio from the time Stern got into GTD, which is getting things done, until this meeting and afterwards? Did she have any physical presence in the compound on a regular basis, or was she like Batman? As soon, and this is his reply, as soon as she was introduced to the staff, it became a pal, oh pal- Palpatine. Palpatine Vader relationship. I guess you have to know Star Wars to know that. Yep. I don't. Yep. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not that's in, not in my lexicon. I'm not a Star Wars fan. In Me neither. Between... That's but that's that's old Star Wars. And yes, I do know that. But that's about the extent of my Star Wars knowledge. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Continue. In between commercial breaks, she would come in the studio. We would be all scooted out because she had to talk to him. Even if there was a segment we had to set up for everyone out, she was always lurking in his ear. That was one because that was a part of the question. That well, that one question I was very curious about because it's never been explained exactly how um, close she was to him and how no one's ever gotten into that part of it. Like they say, according to the Wall Street Journal that we pulled up, that she was you know in his ear. She had his ear. And we know that now, especially after the fact. You remember the birthday video? Yes. And, you know, Marcy Marcy Turk, if you like the Howard Stern show, you'll love love this this woman. This woman with no eyebrows. (laughs) And people, and you remember the video, people are like, there's no applause. They're just sort of, yeah, who the fuck is she? Right. And that resting bitch face from Beefus. Oh, it was my fave. Yeah. Um, Fucking drunk as a skunk. (laughs) <laughs> completely um number five question number five i asked what if anything really was changed or did changed as a re- uh, change as a result of this meeting did howard even stick to anything he was planning uh or did it all was it all some big trump-esque uh, ego boost to make howard feel like he was still king shit and he said everything changed the mood and everything changed uh the feeling was that the fun is over at the workplace and it was felt by everyone Everyone, and I mean everyone on the staff, talked shit about it, mocked it. Uh, Number six, uh, Sam? Doesn't that feel very sad? When I read that response, I was like, you know that shift in life when sometimes things happen, like you get a new boss Mm -hmm. or a new manager. I Mm -hmm. I, I can't even explain it, but everyone has been there in their life where something changes and something that was once so enjoyable becomes awful yeah i felt for that answer yeah absolutely and and i mean they might have felt it without the meeting and then this kind of put the nail on the put the nail in the coffin but um he answered um okay so number six would you like to read number six i love this one on the air roughly the second week of january 2013 he told guests the reason that 
breakfast never waited was because bagels cost 60 bucks for the four of them. Be <laughs> honest, was it just a matter of him being too much of a cheapskate to pay for anything? And Richie said, personally, these are two things I believe. He didn't want to pay and he didn't want the staff to enjoy free leftovers, quote. Just my opinion. Right. So we'll get, we'll get lots more questions, but we'll go back to them at another time, guys, uh, because also there are some other d- things we have on the go. So what happened, guys, um, in the, I, th- I can't remember the exact article. It was, a World, it was a Wall Street Journal article, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was in, I have it here. Okay, May 1st, 2017 was when the article actually came out. However, um, they got, we think they got some of the dates wrong based on some information that Sam sort of went into the video earlier to verify. This was done in January of 2013, the meeting, even though they have it listed as December 12th. And we know this because he talks about we had Jewel in and Jewel was in that, uh, that that day. And so clearly that's when it was. And around the same time, there is a back office radio episode from that week. And I was going to play some of that that in the uh, latter half of the uh, breakdown that we're doing because it's really telling. There's a couple clips that are summit related that you were definitely going to play after the fact. Go ahead, Sam. You know, I I looked for those clips and I used to I used to remember seeing them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So favorited them. And then, of course, those channels were plucked off one by one. And oh. I could not find for the life of me those back office radio clips. And I looked specifically because I remember those. Mm hmm. They're they're Excuse me. There's a guy who's got them all backed up for I don't know how long that's going to last, but uh, get them while they're there on YouTube. It's just back office radio on the channel, I believe. And um, also I have some from the Greg Fitzsimmons show about um, with uh Maria Menounos and uh, Kevin Undergaro, I believe his name, the, her husband. Husband, and yeah. They, yeah, and they, in about 2015, they're talking about how the compound has changed. And I know Howard would not have liked that, but I'm going to play some of that audio again in the second half. Sorry, giving you so many teasers, guys, but you have to put all this stuff together. And I've been a little busy, forgive me. Um, so in this, um, it talks about the getting things done where this all started in December, in, in 2012, summer or so, it's another clip we're going to play. Um, he wanted, he contacted the David Allen office and said, hey, do you have any coaches? So, um, they directed him to Miss Turk, who had been working for David Allen uh, Company's New, New York office. Miss Turk was a good fit, Mr. Allen says, because she's smart, savvy, classy, hip, and fast. Guys, you are going to see exactly how classy she is and hip on that when we start posting uh, photoshops of not photoshops screen caps of her resume and i'm going to circle all the fucking spelling errors and mistakes that she made in her linkedin profile sam i thought it was interesting too the fact that he's going for this you know gtd unknown mm-hmm. and they're sending this person to mm-hmm. him when he's a practicer of TM, which mm-hmm. TM, the major goal is to get in touch with the true self. Mm-hmm. The Maharishi, uh, it's for infinite creativity. And Howard spent 
multiple years at a TM Institute. And this is all about creativity, self-realization. He actually had a practice that um, kind of was a little bit different than TM. It was unusual. It was for, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Ayurvedic, Ayurveda. And it's when when you, uh, it's the science of life when you grasp a person's wrist to read not only their pulse, um, but then you recognize and are trained in reading different pulses and you practice medicine based on these pulses. So to me, when you go from somebody who your goal is to find infinite creativity and get in touch with yourself, why in God's name would you say yes to some grifter who's been with a company for a year? And I mean, if you it look just at a is resume, a total antithesis of it. If you looked at a resume, you'd say grifter. And we are going to eventually do a, a, doc, a breakdown of the um, 15 Foundation saga with uh, Brendan Murphy, the grifter that uh, took Robin for a ride. And because a lot of people have been asking for that, but that one is so vast, it will be like maybe even three episodes. It'll be that long because there's just so many clips to go through. But, and, and people have argued, is it a cult? Well, TM is a cult. And it's, it's, it's fairly doc. It's fairly, I mean, they believe in levitation. They believe you can may use TM to help your body levitate. The writings of David, David Allen are based on other cults. Uh, I'll have more of the information later, but for a lot of people, they've used it and they say it works when you know how to use it as a tool. And there's a chart, there's a flow work chart, which says basically how you, um, ultimately if you can't, do something in less than two minutes, you can either, um, uh, if it's yes or no, you either do it, delegate it, or defer it, meaning put it off. And he's an expert in putting shit off and not talking to people. And But he's not an expert in delegating. And we'll see when you watch this video. So I think he <laughs> chose, he's but choosing again, to abdicate responsibility. But again, these are two practices that are very you know, cult-like or require Mm -hmm. a loyal following that do not, um, they don't amalgamate, they don't complement each other. This GTD and TM do not fit in. You would be either this person in GTD or you'd be this person as somebody who does TM. You cannot be both. It just doesn't fit. The, 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 The goals don't fit. That's right. And do we just have to figure that he's just a fucking idiot and he was doing TM yes. wrong his entire life and he needs a TM tutor as well as a GTD tutor? Or he just, essentially, I feel like if the major goal is to get in touch with who your true self is, you don't know who you are. So, right. of course, you're just going to be floating around like a wigged feather. Hold on. What is it in American Beauty? The bag? Wait, wait one what second, one second. The American Beauty analogy Sam wants to put is the um, bag. There's one scene where the the creepo guy is looking. He's filming like a draft, right? And it's going in circles. You just see the the bag blowing with with leaves and stuff. And he's like, oh, this is so beautiful. (laughs) Um, So that's, you go ahead. It's just fill me up with a bunch of nonsense. And I'm just blowing everywhere with like (laughs) no concise. And I'm not wants. actually reti- retaining anything. I'll just keep being a piece of trash floating through well, society. Well, this is kind of my this is kind of what I was going to was go into a little bit because if he was successful he was successfully at using TM to 
organize his life or calm his nerves or calm his whatever his fears and assuage his his problems, then he wouldn't need another cult-like thing to replace it. But we know him from all these years of, you know, archiving stuff and listening to the clips. He gets into something and then he gets out of it. He just into like grilling for a while. He's into cycling. He was into karate. God, I got to ask him how that last hamburger turned out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so what, what amazes me though, is the whole notion that it was reported Don Buckwald, according to the, uh, Reddit mold, a serious problem, which is one we're going to do as well one day, because it's, there's so much on that. Um, Buck, Buckwald knew nothing about the indoctrination that Marcy Turk was doing for Howard. And your, for your agent who knows everything about you to not know about this woman getting involved, there's something not right. And I don't know if it was something that he didn't trust Don or because of other reasons he needed another person outside of Don. But it's very, very strange. Well, I think this culminates in the fact that podcasting during this time had taken such a different shift. It became palpable. It became something that most people knew what it was. They don't think it's some internet niche. They find it to be um, better than mm-hmm. radio, even XM. And in this uh, in this article I read, it's... Hold on. It's called uh, The Social Media Revolution by Janice Hansen. She said that it sh- in 2012, podcasts shifted audiences from appointment media into binge consuming. So oh, yeah. that completely changed the game. So there, I think, is why this meeting... I think he was aware that this was happening, mm-hmm. that this shift so, was too. happening. And then by 2013, Apple announced one billionth podcast subscription. Amazing. In 2013. Mm-hmm. And in addition to better software, they cars became more able to hook up these systems too to your phone. And now, yep. of course, they're completely smartphone friendly and everything mm-hmm. along with it you can get. And you don't have to pay that $13.99 subscription or whatever the fuck you're paying for yeah. Sirius. And there Sirius. is no appointment radio. Who the hell no. wants to go to an appointment? These days, no, because people are, the, things are more malleable. Like their schedules are more, more sh- have shifted completely. Di- they're diametrically opposed to what they used to be. A lot of people's schedules. So podcasts fill that void perfectly because you can just download it, wait, listen to it when you want, like a VCR. You know what I think of Sirius, like the satellite stuff and the equipment is, do you remember back in the day when you had a CD player, but your car only took cassettes and you had to put that cassette thing in? I had it. <laughs> Right, you I plug had it in your, just to make up. your right. That's to me what satellite radio ended up being. Even though I never had it, but I had loads of friends who did, and they been bitched nonstop about fucking Sirius or XM or the after would, the merger. Even you would go over any bump in your mm-hmm. car if you had that hookup, and it would just completely skip, <laughs> mess up your CD, and then of course everyone had the CD visor thing. We right. had like nineteen of them in there, and they'd be there for so long, or. 30 of them and they just all slide out the second you slam on your brakes. Oh man. I, my, my brother-in-law had it the first year and they live in rural Canada, but it's a satellite. It's not, it was, there was no trees to cover the signal. There was no interference from, you know, 300,000 houses, you know, Wi-Fi and all this bullshit. No, he said 
for no reason whatsoever on a clear sunny day, they'd lose the signal. And he said, pissed him off so much after a year. He said, fuck it. Not worth it. I still lose it. I have it in my car. I called you the one day, but you were busy. I, (laughs) it was dropping out at will. My daughter now is in the car with me. She says, what's going on with the radio? I'm like every single day we get on the street going to the thruway, it'll just drop out in the same spots every time for minutes. Yeah. And as a result, so it's so in 2020 guys, we're getting into the summer and the Spotify Rogan deal and Howard doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And he knows like we, we're quite certain, not a hundred percent, obviously we're quite certain he's not getting another deal. They've got his tapes. Um, and he doesn't have any offers on the table to do anything that doesn't involve him putting his own money in, which is not an offer. That's him having to do what Kumia did. We don't think he has a future. Like he's going to have to retire or, uh, claim he's going to claim something like, oh, I, I don't want to work anymore. But the reality will always be if there is somebody willing to put money on the table for him to grab, he will always grab at it. He's money first reputation, a distant 100. Oh, Sam? and I, I really truly think no matter which way the wind blows, he will just go that way. So if somebody puts money on for him to be a total, um, you know, racist, sexist cunt again, he'll do that too. I, oh, sure. I don't, I don't think it matters. I think people, I think that this change is just because of, he thought this is what he has to do to be on top and go mm-hmm. to parties. But mm-hmm. now that, you know, him and his, Luddite idiot beard. <laughs> She's an author now, Sam. Come on. She's got some chops, doesn't she? Oh, oh uh, my dog. <laughs> you're, all your all your dogs <laughs> would be dead. Oh my urn. Um, I think oh, and I wrote that poem. Should I have read that on the uh oh, <laughs> on yeah, the, in the Facebook that. group? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let, let me see if I can get that. I didn't want to get into that. Uh one sec. I um I wrote a poem, guys, and uh, it was based on, (laughs) (laughs) this is a non sequitur, but I thought you guys might find it amusing uh, because uh, I just, I was just fucking around and I wanted to make people laugh. So I call it View from the Inside of the Urn by Bianca. Decay leads to dust. Forget me, they must. Greed replaces lust. Condoms inspire trust. <laughs> a house full of cats to replace me. Nothing but cat shit, as far as I can see. My mistress causes said kitties to flee, and no comfort to be found in the arms of Svi. <laughs> Carlo Rossi bottles imbibed all day. A drunken Clydesdale is all I can say. That six Ianka tattoo completely on display. Pity your ske- skeletal meal ticket is so clearly gay. So that was one poem I wrote recently. <laughs> You, that actually coincides with that one we found in that other book. So can you read the other one? <laughs> oh, that one you're talking about the one you found in the so-called, it, it's, maybe it's not actually her, but some guy wrote some poetry and I thought it was funny. There was this book that was written by, uh, it just says by anonymous. It's called To You, My Love, Volume One. <laughs> and it's celebrity poems about love and this one is apparently from beth ostrowski so it must be when she was a girlfriend we're far from being a success nevertheless i know you care that's why i stare watching you with him is my chance of love you to love you that slim 
I can help who I love. I wish it was just you and me. Do you see what you do to me? I need you in my life. How do I deal with the strife? You got me. Beth Ostrowski. <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe it's true. <laughs> she really did write. I, I honestly, it does sound so something that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, we were going to, we, without further ado, we're going to start getting into the um, um, summit video and it's going to be two parts most likely. So bear with us. The first bit is a bunch of uh, nuts. I'll turn it down until it gets going in earnest. There's a couple minutes. So do you remember the first time you saw this, Sam? I was so fucking elated and happy. I just remember thinking, oh my God, because the stuttering John thing and here it is. And then when I saw this, I said, wow, a white fist. <laughs> the thing that I found so the revolution is now <laughs> been, yeah, fist fest. 2013 this was uh when he when he gets on stage this was like the like there's a million photoshops you could make from this people just made the the screen blank and started um putting their own stuff on it it was hilarious but i remember thinking initially this should have been enough to ruin him if he was relevant today but he wasn't in 2013 he wasn't relevant 2017 good old brandano looking like his professional he looks like the uniform Here's a hoodie up inside. <laughs> They're probably saving on heating. <laughs> oh. So, um, when, so, 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 Stuttering John released the uh, the the slight like ninety second or sixty second part of it, and then people were going nuts, and then they were waiting for the full thing to be re- released. Yep. But here's the part that upset me the most, and this is how you know he's not relevant, is people saw the video, commented on it, said, yeah, I get it. You know, he's trying to change his image. And then they just moved on. Not yeah. if if Howard Stern was a... Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Not just pausing it so we can, so we can get right into it afterwards. It's you were like saying. Jack Skellington. You know, and he's just like prancing around Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you're right. You were saying that basically if it was 2013 and people were trying to defend it, like there was, there were actually people going, yeah, what's, what's the problem? It's a the defense was not even good, but they didn't even care to make it good. They didn't even care about it. I think it was interesting to them. And I know it was interesting to them because I talked to people who are, on the Jim and Sam show. I talked yeah. to people who are stand-up comics. Right. Yes, they loved seeing this, but in reality, not a lot of people know or care about Howard Stern anymore, so it just wasn't a big deal. Okay, so before we go into it, in earnest, I want you to read some of these things. It's, it's an article from Business Insider called 13 Public Speaking Mistakes You Don't Want to Make. So knowing what you know from the video already, guys, uh, maybe you'll laugh too. So here's, I'm going to read them one by one. Not tailoring your message to your audience. That's number one. Uh, as Benjamin Disraeli once said, talk to a man about himself and he will listen for hours. So he, the, the audience, of course, is being his staff. And this is supposed to be some manifesto, like now forward march. This is how the fucking revolution begins. The revolution was 2006, according to Howard. And if by yeah, this point, and it had a black fist. Yeah. If by if by 2013 nothing's happened, what do you think is going to happen as you get older and as this continues? So keep in mind, guys, 
2010, he loses the lawsuit, or I think it was 2012, 11. I don't know how long it lasted, but it was quite a while. So he loses the lawsuit against Sirius, and he's forced to work there. He's doing AGT to offset the money he's not making per year anymore because he took a pay cut and started working a day less. Robin's in the hospital, or she's working from ISDN line. She's not in the meeting. She's not in the meeting, and he's under this spell of this this grifter. Number two, eye dart. You waited to show me this? (laughs) From beginners to veterans, the majority of speakers fail to maintain meaningful, sustained eye contact with their listeners. Unconsciously, their eyes scurry from person to person, darting around the room without ever pausing to see the recipients of their message. Price says, a lack of eye eye contact implies a list of offenses. Insincerity, disinterest, detachment, insecurity, shiftiness, and even arrogance. Shiftiness. Shiftiness. Number three, distracting mannerisms. (laughs) There are at least 20 (laughs) comments to tackle. These include... No. (laughs) Clenching or wringing your hands, pacing back and forth. Keeping your hands in pockets, jingling change or keys, twisting your ring, gripping the lectern, licking your lips, adjusting your hair or clothing, fidgeting with a pen, bobbing your head, placing your arms behind your back, and touching your face. So he's he's always been a shitty public speaker. There's no there's no debate there. Distracting mannerisms. He looks like he got dressed up for the Munsters and walked on stage. <laughs> Like the nightmare before Christmas. Are you kidding me? That wig alone is such an mannerism when he itches it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the one of the best uh, little clips. Low energy, number four. (laughs) And if you see him hold on to that lectern, like it's a a walker. Um, Basically, it says um, a, a, a boring delivery evidenced by low monotone voice, dull facial expressions and overall lethargy is their most disliked trait to avoid to losing your audience in a New York minute. Crank up the energy level. <laughs> uh, I'm tired. I get up at four in the morning. Number five, not rehearsing. Whoa, oh. Most proficient presenters prepare. That is, they know the topic, organize their content, design a slide deck, and study their roles. Throughout this thing, guys, you're going to see he constantly looks at the presentation that's for the audience. Now, usually at a PowerPoint, it's the same as uh, singers who have monitors in front of them to hear what they're singing. He should have some kind of... um, um, what do you call it, uh, monitor system to see the notes in front of him so he doesn't have to keep looking behind. But he keeps looking behind because he doesn't know what the fuck he, he doesn't remember anything. And he's an idiot. Yeah, even spe- people who give speeches say they don't like reading off of a prompter. Then they have it in front of him in their notes. Even Dave Chappelle had on his last special for Netflix, he had a book in his hand. This guy's up here... <laughs> Looking like Frankenstein on his last leg go through chemo. <laughs> In between bone marrow transplants. <laughs> and he's the thing is he's ah. he's got his he's the Miles Davis of podcasting. He's got his back to the audience the whole time almost. <laughs> okay. Number six, data dumping. Ah. So, <laughs> so their focus he says, um uh 
it's understandable. After all, credibility is on the line when we stand up and speak out. So to be safe, we focus focus almost entirely on what our Aristotle called logos, which mean includes the left brain function of log logic. So uh, when we rely too heavily on this type of content, we end up talking too long, reading over too many crowd overcrowded illegible slides, <laughs> and turning our backs on the most important element of all the the audience. <laughs> this is so literal and figurative. I can't even tell you. Number seven, not inspiring. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one, lack of pauses. <laughs> oh my God. Many speakers have a bad habit of rushing through their content like a runaway train. They speed down the track out of control, oh, unable to stop funny. and turn. I can think of a couple of those. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Self-serving. <laughs> Number nine. Can you read it, Sam? <laughs> Not crafting a powerful opening. According to Plato, the beginning is the most important part of the work. <laughs> so this is how he starts. Are you serious? Yet yeah. it's common. Oh. Sorry, it's a common, common bad, habit. bad habit for speakers to waste those precious opening seconds rambling pointlessly. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Telling, telling a joke, reading an agenda, or apologizing ding, needlessly. Ding, ding. All of which fail to grab the audience's attention and motivate them to listen. Then there's a picture of Amy Schumer that they used. <laughs> Using if, you, if you Photoshop a gun on that, it'd be perfect. Number 10, using too much or not enough humor. I don't know if there was anything legitimately funny about this thing that wasn't people goofing on it. You know, like there, there was really people, there's uncomfortable laughter when he starts doing some of these things that come into left field, but there, he wasn't actually being funny ever during the thing. No, he was being, well, we'll go through it, but I yeah. felt there was a vibe that he wanted to present and because yeah. he is who he is, it went left real quick. Oh yeah. Number 11, reading from your slides. <laughs> We've already got through that. Number 12, making an excuse or an apology. I don't think he ever did. He never would. Ending with Q and a number 13, that would be the second half of the video. So we already, we know that that exists somewhere, but we just don't have it yet. And if we ever do guys, believe me, you're getting it. So, um, Hey guys, do you have any questions? Yeah. Why are your pants up to your tits? <laughs> <laughs> that lighting was so unfortunate, man. This thing made so many great gifts and so many photoshops. I can't even tell you. It was a gift from God. It was like a Thanksgiving turkey that never <laughs> ran out of meat. <laughs> so here we go, guys. All right, welcome to the Summit Revolution 2013. Where we're going and how we're getting here. And guys, keep in mind, all he did to prepare for this was to go to the first Google image page for anything he wanted and pick the first thing off, the, almost the first or second thing off the page. Like within yeah. six and like searches, within one search or one page or two pages of searches, he found what he needed and he just put this together. There's yeah. no way. There's no way that Marcy, well, she could have been behind it based on her fucking resume, but I think this was all him. He studied badly how to do a PowerPoint and he put it together because it looks like shit. Also, too, if you want to make an impact and you've been doing this for hours, where are we going? How are we getting there? It's not underlined. There's no sort of title. I mean... And by the way, <laughs> no that revolution fist, all of a sudden it's just a different color. We're just like... Okay, yeah. how are we right. go where are we going? How are we getting there? 
nothing. What happened to the original logo, right? The serious logo, right? So yeah, BLM, everyone. It's simple. Trying to increase communication, making sure everybody's on the same page, and that I think for the most part, this whole summit came about because as many people have said to me, Howard, you know, we work hard. We want to get somewhere. We want to do the right thing. How do we get there? We want to know what you're thinking. So today I will attempt to tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> get ready, guys. When a 79 is going to tell you what he's thinking, when there's absolutely nothing in his fucking head, you're in for a long goddamn night. <laughs> 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 I just did a Suzanne Summer snort twice now in this podcast. They didn't mean to. <laughs> Chrissy, that's snort. okay. Yeah. So I want. I want to. I want to. People have come up to me. Uh, what? <laughs> you have all but cleared the hallways like a giant. Somebody's a shusher for Christ's yeah. sakes. You yeah. have people shushing people. I have no. No one, and I guarantee no one has said, hey, Howard, how can I do a better job? Fill me in. <laughs> he acts like he's some sort of ah, approachable soul. I just got this image of like the SEAL team around him knocking people out who get in the way, just literally beating them into the corner, kicking them so they don't get near him. Picture asking Hitler, what should I do? <laughs> so here's the ground rules for this. Let me make this whole presentation. Uh, if you have a question, write it down on your piece of paper. <laughs> and I will... <laughs> we have a few suggestions. Where did you, did you? First of all, the space bar, did it disappear somewhere in the guidelines? Uh, <laughs> so it, I love this. Present first, then questions at finish. Who's presenting first? Him. <laughs> does, he, does he need to be told that? No phones or iPads. So, uh, guys, if you you know if you've got a little, it's not. It's back to 1995, everyone. That's right. Takes no, take notes on how you want to contribute. Uh, I will in, I will give you tasks during. Be prepared. The tasks, by the way, it, the tasks are for later. So why they have to be fucking be prepared? Enjoy and get excited for the new vision. Okay, so here's a here's a weird sort of. Um, concept take notes on how you want to contribute yeah but if you ask to contribute don't worry i gave you tasks already so be prepared <laughs> exactly answered at the end of the presentation i hate when he says presentation let's not go to our phones let's not go to our ipads that's like when when people say theater oh that fucking or schedule that that bothers me sorry sarah oh. washington i know a lot of brits say schedule but please never don't, don't ever say it again is there anything better than that bright blue light behind that wig? It just That's highlights fantastic. every awful every pen, king every and girl. Yeah. This way, everybody's paying attention, really listening to what I have to say. There's no confusion. <laughs> He's got to rearrange it. <laughs> the reason I asked you to bring a piece of paper and a pen is I want you to take notes on how you can contribute. Because what <laughs> I've attempted to do today is to really... Go ahead, Sam. Yep. I wish somebody just would have jerked off in the paper and handed it to him and said, here's my contribution. And he would have said, genius, you're on for the next 10 years. It's a little ropey. Spell out what it is we're trying to do in 2013, but more importantly, what's the structure behind it? And after the structure,
future, who's accountable for what, and who's going to be doing what. And throughout the presentation, now, before I'm going to ask you to write down some... Sorry, guys. Just right there. I'm going to use my mouse a little bit here. So this right here, which you know could be on another day, another presentation, could be a speaker. That's supposed to be a monitor. And it should, in large print, because fucking he can't see for shit, it should show him what he needs to say without him having to look back at the goddamn screen, which it, it just... The power of public speaking, you have to have... You you have to own the audience here. The presentation is owning him, and it sucks. Like yeah. it, from top to bottom, it's just it, he's he's failing at every one of those lists. The little things with the the numbers we gave you of of things not to do. Go ahead, uh, Sam. Fillmore, he is rich as fuck. He yeah. is a multimillionaire. This looks like something I saw in high school. Yeah, I mean, I can picture visually in my head assemblies with this same presentation. Why mm. is he a bad high school public speaking teacher right now with millions of dollars? Yeah, I just don't understand why he wouldn't. Well, we know he's a cheap fuck, but this was also, I think, meant to really just puff his ego. I think it was all about, I can show you, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show Marcy. I've, I've done my homework. I can do this. And I'm sure she pushed him to do it. I'm sure she said, you have to tell your staff to do this. And when you get into the pictures of him in the bat cave, you're going to laugh your asses off guys. Well, it's also too, like I said, it's this corporate presentation, but it's a weak presentation without any sort of guidelines of how we're going to get these things. It's so it's disjoint, it's disjointed and it's, it's it just, it kind of gives you, this is why I found it fascinating. It gives you such insight into his mind because he is the one that put it all together. This in 2013 was a cross section of what he was thinking about. And it really hasn't changed. He doesn't have much in his brain that we had a Brad Pitt in there. We had a transgender, we had like, you know, uh, star fucking and you know, you'll go, we'll go through it guys. You've seen it already. So we're not, we're not spoiling anything for you, but it's uh, fascinating to me, especially the Lana Wachowski stuff when we get into it. So. Tasks that I'm going to ask you to do. And so you have a record of those. So really uh, enjoy and get excited for the new vision. <laughs> I think this is something we need. I think we're in need of structure. I think we're in new, we need some structure. Structure. <laughs> <laughs> you ever you ever you ever hear a team talk by a football coach where he just kind of goes all right guys let's get him <laughs> see the players kind of going taking a like a drag off their cigarette go yeah yeah we'll get in the huddle and we'll we'll fuck these people up you know just nonchalantly so this is a picture and i would <laughs> i tried to get um uh, I'm going to get a screen cap of this and try to make it as large as possible for people to see. But it looks like uh, some, like a five-year-old got that giant sticky note paper, just discovered it in the Playboy Mansion and started putting that on every wall. A and uh, that's exactly what they are. Massive, like joke size stickers, stick it notes. It would be like if Columbo got promoted and he, <laughs> he just started solving murders on post-its. Uh, excuse me, uh, I'm going to come at you with this. Uh, uh, I think, and this is the funny part, he, that day, I think it was this day, um, he decided, he told the, one of the callers something like, um, hey, I've been up, I've been up since two o'clock. 
I've been up since two o'clock working Watching on the this. bachelor and jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> he put, I, I think, I, I think he believes this is an, an amazing presentation. I thought I'm sure he was thinking I'm going to blow them the fuck away with this. Of course he does. Are you serious? He is as confident in this. He's looking at this and he thinks this is the bee's knees right now. I mean, this right <laughs> here, guys, is work. W-O-R-K. Look and at I'm this. Going, I'm going to put on some photoshops. Or I'm going to put some pictures on just to give you guys an idea of what I thought this fucking thing was. I thought immediately uh, John Doe's apartment in seven uh, where Brad Pitt's leaning against the board and there's all these sticking notes. I was thinking also of, um, um, what's the film? The Shining, where <laughs> Shelley Duvall yeah. takes the paper to, I'll work and no play makes a jacket, oh boy, and all this shit. It's it, the, the ramblings of a demented madman. And so he's really proud of this. He's showing you, man, I, this, I didn't fuck off on my job. You guys are the slackers here. All right, this is a picture of my office at home. This is how I prepared for this summit. Literally about a month ago, or maybe two months ago, I said I am burning up with all kinds of things that bother me, that really fuck me up in the head about what we're doing. <laughs> Way to win the crowd. <laughs> okay, and let's just go for, you're going to motivate people. You're really excited about what we're doing. I'm burned up about things. <laughs> that really fucked up my head. <laughs> fucked up my head, and you have this big, um, big gesture to go along with it so to solve these fucked up things here everyone yeah is terrible science projects <laughs> well the one thing From i was grade thinking, like school it's <laughs> it's like go down the hallway where it's like oh billy grew some plants this one made a volcano when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. All these 4-H club things on these little logos. Um, I think, oh, not logos, slogans rather. I think um, also when when he was doing this, like um, it was, he just would have benefited from having someone, like even a Marcy, as stupid as she must be, considering her, her resume, if you look at it as an example, someone to just say, no, streamline this, take this out. But she doesn't know any fucking better, clearly. Um but uh, there would have been, you could have streamlined this presentation and made it so much more effective, but his energy level is so fucking low. And the fact that he's got to keep looking at, he's got to look back at it, constantly looking back at it. It's like, what did I, oh yeah, what was I going to say again? Hmm. Oh yeah, structure, structure. I am so not the corporate speak type. I am just mm -hmm. way too sarcastic for it. But I've yeah. been in corporate meetings and they're awful, but some people are just good at that. And it's like, yes. okay, I'm digesting this and they're good at this and they are believable with this and they will stick with this till the end. I'm was, way too cynical. Who was ever going to be motivated by this? And it's not, as I said to Sam earlier, it's not a TED talk. It's a dead talk. And so what I did was I took one of these giant posted pads that sit on an easel and I began to write down what I thought needed to be done for the way I do business, the way we run the radio channels, the way we run the television stuff, the way we run the website. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> when Judith wanted him to write something spicy <laughs> for his second book, he said, fuck you, jizz pie. And he threw it, he threw his mental illness in a drawer. <laughs> didn't he say one time, didn't he say one time that she would put an ice cube down the crack of his ass? Yes! <laughs> 
housing, and I suggest you do it yourself. And this is what I do. When I go home, this is how I prepare. This is what I do about this show. I have never <laughs> read Sounds like you're having so much sex with Beth. This show was very, very important. And so doing this was sort of the birth of what you're going to see on the screen today. Look how often he has to go back to it's just a picture. There's no there's just visual. There's no um there's no words in, <laughs> in that office shot that he has to look for, but he has to keep looking back. Do you think it's just anxiety? Like he's got to keep looking back to like to because he's got to dart away from the people's eyes. He can't look directly at people and I yeah. also uh I mean this setup is just if I couldn't even look at that monitor and no, read it's, it's it. Not, I mean, I need a, readers to read things, so it's, there's it's no way I could be looking at that, especially in that entire, you know, hair in front of my face and the lighting. No way. Also, too, ha do you think Cuomo copied him for like the desired outcome? <laughs> <laughs> I love the the graphics are amazing. So why are we here? The desired outcome. I want to enhance everything we do. Everything. Okay, so enhance everything. We do. <laughs> it really is like, have you ever like uh, re recorded your voice into like a dictionary and had it play it back at you? And it has that sort of, I think we are going to do that. <laughs> like, that's the way it reads. That's exactly how um, old uh, computer games used to be. I had this uh, computer yeah. game called uh, American Girl. So I loved American Girl dolls, if anybody knows what they are. Back in the day, it... Uh, they had a series, they were through the Pleasant Company, not Mattel, but they had a computer game. And you could make plays out of the dolls, but you had to type in what they said in the play. And they would all come out, depending on how you would type it, the inflection okay. in this robotic, hysterical <laughs> way. So, of course, my sister and I and all our neighborhood girlfriends would abuse that video game and just be horrible. Dirty. Oh my God, just horrible. And oh, look geez, at this like... graphic. I mean, this looks like something out of a conspiracy show from 94. <laughs> it, it, it looks a little L. Ron Hubbard-ish, like the, this, this big pyramid with what looks, appears to be a Wi-Fi signal or something. You know, there's circles. You can see it if you look really close, but it's the visuals yeah, are not. It's like, a, you know, like it's Nikola Tesla and he figured out how to create Wi-Fi all over the world. See? So the second point, communicate exactly, why is exactly capitalized, what I want, and give you the structure you need to do it. Now, this is what I don't understand. Desired outcome, communicate exactly what I want and give you the structure you need to do it. Your, the outcome of your speech, this presentation is supposed to be, or you, the guys who are working for me, are going to communicate exactly what I want, like back to me. I don't understand how it's written, why well, it's written this way. Also, too, this is so oh, you're not stupid. This is a complete conundrum. So we have a graphic about climbing a Wi-Fi mountain and, you know, or target or target <laughs> range practice. We literally have fucking duck duck hunting from, you know, duck hunt the from the Nintendo game target on the mountain. And we got to enhance everything we do. I never thought of that. He had an you know? 8-bit graphics card and decided mm. this is what he's going to use. Desired so. outcome. <laughs> Duck fallen. And, yeah. and then we have to communicate exactly what I want and give you the structure we need to do it. First of all, this is the entire wrong of the presentation. You're, 
you're presenting ideals in a corporate way, but it, I mean, unless you're a corporate, I don't know, idiot that got drunk in the bathroom and made this presentation beforehand, 30 minutes. Right. And then you're not giving the ideals for no. how you're going to do it. You're not giving any sort of direction. There's no, there's no roadmap. It's like, you're after this, you're going to know what I want to do. Now, guess what I want you to do. <laughs> That's pretty much how it comes off. So we'll keep going. We touch, I think, needs polishing. <laughs> and what my job here is today is to co communicate exactly what I want <laughs> and to do it. And you know what? Uh, I am guilty of Are you picturing that little sheepdog grabbing the ducks as they as you're lifting them up out of them from behind the bushes you after you've shot them? Getting so excited when you <laughs> when you make a target. Yeah. People come to me and say, Howard, yeah, I kind of get what you want to do. I kind of understand it. That's why I started uh, writing all this stuff on my wall. Because maybe I'm not communicating that. You're not communicating well because it looks like something out of an, a cell in Alcatraz. Like all these notes are going, save me. <laughs> Kilroy was here. <laughs> SOS. What was that one line? Or when he was in the mental ward and there was a note on the wall that said, why isn't Kim Bassinger my girlfriend? <laughs> the same reason she's not my girlfriend. <laughs> So he's explaining. He, they don't know what he wants because he can't explain what he wants. And through the course of this fucking PowerPoint, he still doesn't explain what he wants in in any way that they're going to be able to do it uh, or, or understand. I can't stop visualizing the fact if that last graphic was a target, if he was a golden eye villain, and we had to play on verses, he'd be automatically shot. You know, Nintendo they had like 64. odd job. <laughs> We'd be in the facility. You dropped out. Go ahead. I'd be like, Natalia. <laughs> and then there's odd jobs. So you had to aim low. He would be like a fucking tree. You're going deep. I didn't even have that was after my time because I was in uh, starting to get into university, I think, at that time. But wow. This should be very clear today. So that's the desired outcome of today's meeting. And, and what we're going to end up with is clarity. I... <laughs> we will oh my God, he knew about the coronavirus, everyone. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, he's got all these. First of all, why is the one guy on his knees? Uh, it looks like flagellation. It looks like the guy's got a cat of nine tails and he's whipping his ass with it. Um, the clarity, systems, structure, accountability. I can't even imagine the amount of goofing they must have done on him after seeing this. You and know, suppressing laughter. I used to get high sometimes before chemistry class in high school. <laughs> and then <laughs> I would have to, you know, write notes. That's what this looks like. <laughs> Keep in mind also, guys, when he, when we're going to play it through, when don't worry, we're sorry to cut it off every now and then, but it's so much fun. He, he's, if he's put this together or has, he, if he, even if he's not put it together, Notice he looks at it. He doesn't notice anything wrong with it. <laughs> That's kind of the point. I would be so embarrassed if I had a PowerPoint and I saw that I'd misspelled something. He but doesn't you, know. You'd be so embarrassed. Look at him. <laughs> I think this is going to be very clear. We're going to come up with systems so people know where they belong in the organization. We're going to have structure. Every project we choose will have a definite structure behind You're going to have structure. 
You're going to have Sturkshire. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to have a guy jerking off some sort of atom from a stick figure. <laughs> well, this is the funny part. There is no clarity. They have no systems. There is absolutely zero structure within the organization. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had. You wouldn't have needed a, a fucking ginger, ginger asshole from getting thing from a cult to you know court uh, account for all this, and then accountability. He, he never takes responsibility for being the leader here. He really doesn't. This is him trying in an awful way. Yes. So accountability. Well, first I'm going to start with this. If you're going to try to provide clarity. I'm so glad you picked a graphic that is chemistry related and has no sort of meaning or structure or, or is going to help you in any way possible. So let's take the most uh, hard biological study possible in stick figures, put it up there, and this is going to give you clarity for what's going to be changed. So we're going to confuse you with that. See this juxtaposition? I'm so smart because I'm putting this up here and it's going to provide you clarity. Fine. It also, okay. it also looks it looks like some kids came home after making a mobile of the universe with all the planets stuck together. It's like connects. Remember before after connects. Legos kids? Yes. Yeah, it's a fucking connects model. It right. probably is. So yeah. okay, despite that, right. we are going to do this clarity. We're gonna do this thing in these structures and systems. Structure spelled wrong. Let's just ignore right. that. Right. You didn't see that, guys. There is none of that. <laughs> His structure I mean, lacks structure. There's none of that, and there's all these roadblocks to get to the clarity. Oh, you want clarity? Yes. Don't ask me. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't ask me. You want Absolutely. systems. Oh, the systems are going to be things that are only kind of some people know, some people don't. Structure. Here's the structure. Nobody knows what they're doing and everybody be afraid. Accountability. So here's something that's interesting. Accountability. If you, for example, say you fall into a category like in COVID where you have to work from home remotely. So now people don't know what you're doing necessarily because you're not at work. You have to come up with a daily report sheet or something, say in your mm -hmm. office, like I do. Yeah. I'm thinking that they think they fuck off remotely for the times that they should be working. So they want a way, the accountability isn't a way to make more creative things. The, the accountability is a way to monetize their worth. So what you do, they wanna, they wanna see that on paper so they know what to pay you. The, I think this is the funny, this is the funny part. Um, I was thinking about this just the other day. He hired Marcy, right? Because she's his go-between. He's gonna, she's gonna be his his agent, right? His agent of Satan in the, in the office, correct? I guess so. Okay. Well, according to what Richie explained, why keep Gary at that point? Because she, all decisions are going through her. So why keep Gary for anything except he's a glorified secretary? Air, um, waste of air. You know what I, I mean? Like filler. Yeah. See, because he's so ruthless about money and he's so tight with a, with a fucking nickel. Why wouldn't you just fire Gary, get someone cheaper to do what Jason probably already does or will does and get, cause Gary's got no connections really at all. Uh, and get someone who's actually efficient. Why not pay someone money, less money to do a better job? See, I agree with that, but you should have done that from the beginning, but now he's an on-air personality. So then you hire this other, yes. uh, no name, nothing, Completely corporate, off 
corporate bullshit mm-hmm. career grifter. grifter so you yeah. have now two people who are unqualified to do their jobs, who are lucky to be where they are. I mean, this is the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I mean, like part of the structure would have been easily ameliorated if he'd simply just got rid of some of the dead wood and um, moved on. Like if you're going to go the Charlie Rose thing, get rid of Robin, get rid of Fred, get rid of Gary, get rid of the back office staff, have one or two people just making questions for you for the celebrity interviews and just do that. And if you want clarity and accountability, then you should have had people the staff would be reduced instead it was enlarged to all these freelance people and all these people who don't bring anything to the show except for the fact that they're stupid blind dumb idiots who have no idea either of the stern history don't care and don't question what's going on the Mm -hmm. accountability if you cared about cost effectiveness Mm should have it should have been so easy. Yeah. And there was a great Reddit post that I wish I could quote. I forget the, the poster, but if I do recall, I will credit them. Uh, even though I, we don't have much to do on with, with Reddit at all, they're good for some information. And the guy was very, very succinct with this. He said, the Stern show thrived on disorganization in order to pr- have interesting product. It was the fact that they weren't like every other show that made them interesting, that a back office engineer could get on and talk about stuff and talk shit about Howard and vice versa. And they could have back and forth, which didn't, you know, you saw the, you saw the innards of the, uh, the studio, so to speak, but to, to, to have a, like delegate a, this, this spinner and say, okay, we are going to actually now have structure flies in the face of what exactly made him the show that he was. And if he's too stupid in 2013 or 2020 to know that, then guys, we're being too generous when we say he's a 79 IQ. This is (laughs) actually, this is the perfect personification, this graphic right here, for exactly what kind of fucked up shit he turned into. You have this complicated sort of, I don't know what I'm looking at graphic with mm-hmm. these clear points of clarity, system, structure, and accountability. Right. The thing that the Stern show was is something in the middle. And yeah. you don't get that from PowerPoints. And you don't get that from these presentations. And if this stupid wigged fuck couldn't understand that, I mean, God help you. Good luck. Yeah. Let's play a little. Let's carry on. Let's, let's carry accountability, which I think is probably the most important thing I want to get across today. That when we come out of here and in the next couple of weeks, oh, be fuck. somebody says they're going to do something. Well, we're going to have metrics and we're going to measure it, and make sure that they actually do it. So people don't feel alone, that people feel that everyone's doing their job. No one was feeling alone. That's the whole point. He oh made everything. You know, he made people characters that, well, not made people characters. He gave people voices to be heard on the show and they all did kind of feel like they were a team shithead. What are you, what are you getting on with now? Like circumventing this natural sort of chaos that you've, you've created that you enjoy. And now you're going to go to structure after all these years. Stupidity. What was his vision going to happy feet and, you know, marching with the penguins? Look at this shit. (laughs) It's an amazing graphic and those stencil fonts. I love them. 
So here's my vision. <laughs> this is vision. Two lines. Weekly A-list celebrity. Two XS. What does that mean? Extra small? Week. Yeah, two times. Two times. <laughs> he fucked that up too. Keep two up. times. Two times a week. <laughs> B-listers. And so imagine when this came out and these B-listers are considered. I We did a run through. Okay, guys? After this mm-hmm. whole thing, how did this happen? How did it work out after, you know, Jewel was in? Well, here's what we got. So I looked at the guest list for January and February of 2013 after the, what we think is the summit breakdown. So here's the list of guests for, um, physical guests, not in, not call-ins for 2013. Jim Brewer, Tracy Morgan, JB Smoove, Tom Arnold, Kevin Bacon, Robert Carradine and Curtis Armstrong. 50 Cent, Jason Bateman, and Tommy Mottola. Out of the whole list, I, I, and I can't recall exactly, maybe you know better, Sam, 50 Cent, was he even, was he a big deal still in 2013? No. Yeah. So Tommy Mottola is pretty much the only, at one point, A-list, but I don't even know if he's that anymore. In 2013. 50, 50 Cent was huge when I was in high school, and that was mm-hmm. 2003, 2004, I believe, and... Then after that, um, Eminem and that whole yeah. takeoff, he was real big in the early 2000s. And then he went more of the business route, which was yeah. great and cool. Made your money off of vitamin water. But I don't know. He fucked Chelsea Handler. Cool. Interesting. <laughs> I hope you fuck some common sense into her. Oh, no, wait. You made a horrible documentary this year. It premiered on Netflix. It's embarrassing. Well, if he fucked Chelsea Handler, his dick probably looks like the guy at the end of Robocop when he gets hit by the t- hits by the toxic <laughs> starts melting. Fuck, his unit must look like like a Dairy Queen cake left out in the sun. So February, uh, sorry for that visual, guys. Back to regularly scheduled mocking. Um, in February, and this is all of February because there was a week off. I think one or two weeks. No, there was a week and a day off. I don't remember what it was. Russell Brand, I hate that cunt. Jewel. Hope she wasn't menstruating that day or hope they had enough fucking tampons for her. Joel McHale, Brandy Glanville, David Spade, who's on the show so much, he's more of an employee, Mark Cuban, and Joan Rivers. That was the guest for all of February that came in. So I don't know where you get the A-list here. Who's A-list from those in 2013? Okay, so I love Joan Rivers, but she was always a regular. Yeah, not not a special particular, not a particularly special looking. Ran the Soup, which was on E. It was a show called The Soup. It was like a daily rundown of. I, mm-hmm. Who even gives a shit? Yeah. And then no. what was what was it? Uh, Russell Brand. Okay, so Cuban, he, Mark, he, Mark mar- Cuban. he made a, he married Katy Perry, and then he's gonna <laughs> tell you a bunch of shit that he believes <laughs> while he wears his shirt really low and teases his hair in a way that shows that he doesn't care about anything. Yeah, fucking shut I d- the fuck up. I hate his bullshit shtick. So, and from the from all these, there's not too many that are really a list. So that didn't really work. And B-list is generous for some of these people. Tom Arnold, I love, actually. I really do. I think I think he's funny sometimes. He's nuts. But he's firmly, what, D or C, C-list at this point in time. I he's like crazy just, people. Like, I'd rather sure. hear them. Sure, and th- there's nothing wrong with that. But the A-list thing, the weekly A-list, you get one. He, This is in a month he couldn't get A-list. Like, well, what, why wouldn't this PowerPoint presentation <laughs> make you want to go for the gold? 
guest vision also <laughs> reminds me of it's like some kind of function on Batman's like glasses, <laughs> whatever. Guest vision. Let's turn on the guest vision. Superman. Supervision. Right? So, yeah. So here he goes looking back. Let's go into the area of yes first. This is it for 2013. This was the vision I had in my office. I want weekly an A-list celebrity on our show, and two times a week I want a B-list celebrity. We're on three days a week. Three days a week. The show is, as Gary says, dark. 10, 12 weeks, I don't know. We actually do 112 shows a year. Okay, go ahead, Sam. I know you got something to say about that. When when Richie Wilson, now that you think about this back, said uh-huh. we were all thinking, what the fuck? I yeah. mean, could you imagine being on this show for this long and this is the vision he's having? I mean, yeah, star fucking. what kind of mental case? He looks like he looks like the the corpse in a hocus pocus billy and she's like billy and he's like the least burst out of his mouth i mean he's insanely embarrassing looking right now saying here's my vision weekly a-list celebrity two times a week b-listers i mean what are you talking about <laughs> the look he's got right or the now howard guys. stern show the look he's got right now, I don't want to get hung up on the visual, but it's a video, so we're getting hung up on the visual. Um, so, so sue us. When you ever seen like in movies where there's a big pile of clothing and one of the kids comes out of from under the pile and just has all this shit on him? That's what he looks like. <laughs> Literally like that the that that whatever fabric, whatever it was a dress or a fucking doily, just he just put it on. And Polyester stored from 1954. I don't. It's not even from the Johnny Carson collection. Oh my god, Taylor! He's more by a blind, (laughs) by a blind Hispanic locked in his fucking mansion. I don't know. Anyway, so we'll keep going. But this is a very realistic goal. But how are we going to get there? Here's <laughs> look at the graphic. It looks like something from uh, I don't know, like Maze Runner or some game. <laughs> Jesus, it's oh. at the end of Max, the end of Max Payne, the first game where you're just going on all these little pipes and trying to find your way. How do we do it? Big question mark. So okay, the shirt, the show, Tetris, the show. Originally, you remember back in the day. If you know the stuff, you you done the you've you've heard the old shows. Frank Stallone. Um, Jade Barrymore, because Drew wasn't coming in. Um, Tiny Tim. Tula, the transsexual. All these people that were like D-list, whoever he could get, he wanted, he got. And he felt they would, and then he for years said, we don't care about the big stars. They don't tell you anything. Why would you want them? I'm more interested in what the, the gaffer has to say. And to be honest, I would too. I would rather get dirt from the fucking craft services people than have Denzel Washington in who's not going to tell you anything. I would rather have anything than him lick the ass of these people and then play psychiatrist. So embarrassing. It's embarrassing. This is how we do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. We do it by painting this graphic like we're on the Beatles album side bus. I mean, this is so... Tomorrow never knows. Well, this is a graphic that he found. It's it's ancient because you look at people on there, right? There's Jackie, 
there's um, Bowie, obviously, and I'm assuming Billy West is in there. I can't really tell. Oh. And it, it's just an ancient graphic that he decided to put on. It's not even modern. Why in God's name would that be the first choice for your graphic? I don't know. Like, like he decided this is going to get the crowd. Some ancient, maybe even fan art. I have no idea. Our show is the number one place to be a guest. Well, no, it isn't. In the mar- new marketing created on. So this is why I said podcasting during this time hit a height. Apple hit their billionth podcast mm-hmm. subscriber. So to say, oh, our show is, he's such an archaic shill right now. Mm-hmm. And you know right. this by looking at this graphic and everything else. He's completely out of touch. Completely. And there's no one and there's no one on the staff who has the balls or the, you know, just the the smarts to say, well, if they don't want to keep their jobs, I get it. I'm I'm not denying that, but there's no one on there like not even Robin, who's pretty safe on that show. She couldn't call him up because she was not there, but if she heard about this, she would have said something to him if she really had any kind of sack and said, "What kind of nonsense are you getting on with?" Like, look where we are. I mean, these people have kids. Gary has kids who are teenagers who are in, I don't know, at the EDM industry. They know what technology is. Nobody's listening to this shit. Nobody. Nobody. Except us. Us us idiots. Who we are. And I don't say this lightly. Our show is the number one place for a guest. Think about this. What is it our show has? 23 million paid subscribers. Now let's go into this, guys. He's going to go through it himself, but so will we. He, after the merger, his his contention, if you want to read into the SiriusXM lawsuit, uh, the, the 300 million that he was looking for, his the whole thing was, originally he got a subscriber bonus for the first contract, right? And then he never made another subscriber bonus. Like he never hit the numbers he was supposed to hit by contract. So he made certain amount of stock options. He had certain targets and he only hit like one. And then he was going to be promised 25 million if XM and Sirius merged. He decided because of the shitty wording of his contract. Oh, he, oh, they're, they're fucking me out of money. If it wasn't for me, that merger doesn't happen. But at the same time, he was saying, we need this to happen. He was alternately going from, we're going to collapse if we don't merge with XM. Then he was saying, we're better than iTunes. We're better than this. It's it the same all- It's the same thing he did when he said, we're not competing with terrestrial radio. We're a completely different medium. Then right. cut to, we're competing with terrestrial radio after he uh, somehow made it out of the CBS lawsuit. And hmm. to say that with the XM thing. Who the fuck else has that? We have... People who pay to hear a radio show. We had Jewel on today. We go deep into an interview. The woman had an hour. We plugged her new album several times, at least 10 times that I counted. We talked about her life. We had her play. We did a bit with her. We played a song that I wrote. The audience loved it. I know that I'm judging it from Twitter, the email. Okay, let's first get into it, guys. 2013, Jewel was over. She was well over. Okay. I'm not saying there's, I'm not trying to be derogatory towards uh, music arts that's still going on and whatever, still talented or what have you. It's not an anti-Jewel thing. It's just a reality. In 2013, the music industry was in the shitter anyway. So most acts these days get their money from touring. 
they don't get it from record sales. They really never did actually, unless you sold, you know, 20 million records, you know, the, the music industry, it was fucked for so many artists. Go ahead. This is exactly the same reason why this is the same fucked up concept and mm-hmm. presentation. The same mm-hmm. reason music industry was fucked and how you market it is the same reason why this is fucked and how you're marketing it. Because Absolutely. It's because of these independent labels, because of the internet, because mm-hmm. of content and how or... it's shared yeah. completely. Absolutely. And Jewel, by the way, she was great when she came out with her uh, debut album, which Who Will Save Your Soul, Love. And mm-hmm. dreams last for so long, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then she tried to go pop. She came yeah. on the show. Yeah, she had she did. that shaving. Uh, what was it? That shaving. She was a part of that intuition shaving cream shavers. Oh, wow. I don't know. This yeah, she did some sort of. Yeah, she was a part of that song. So she mm-hmm. became, you know, that. And then she went on this. And he's saying right here, reasons were number one, 23 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not listening to you. And just for, just for a moment, guys, I'm going to look it up myself just to give you, I should have this already, but I wasn't expecting he'd actually try to go into um, uh, stats with, uh, with people like this uh, because it really is embarrassing. Jewel. And 2013, let's do our, let's do our little... Um, uh, thing here, what's happened also keep in mind, guys, remember this, she, uh, her big run, most of these singers get like two or three years of a run, maybe four or five if they're lucky. And if they're really massive, huge hits, like the hit artists longer, but it depends. So with her, you're talking what 95 was her big heyday. Yeah. I was in, um, elementary school when I had her. Actually, I had her, I'm not sure if it was a CD or cassette, but I remember having it. I remember the cover. Okay. So I'm looking it up now. Uh, Let It Snow, a holiday collection. That would have been the end of 2013. So so that doesn't count. It's the one before that. So I'm going to look right here. Discography. Okay. The Mary Goes Round. 2011? There's no way. September 27th, 2011. So she released nothing else during that time? I just remember the... The pop, uh, follow you hard to your intuition, and that got her that like ad for okay S- studio albums two thousands. I'm going to go into it right here. Uh, two thousand ten. This is some- there's something wrong about this. Two thousand eight was the last one she released, and then two thousand tens. There's only June eighth, two thousand ten, and then there's another one two thousand fifteen. So there's nothing in between. She was the one, the one called Sweet and Wild. It was on, it topped, it peaked at the uh, 11 in the charts, in the U.S. charts. Then she did a Lullabies album, which I know because Mia went to, the daycare she went to used to play for nap time her uh, Lullaby album. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. is that Jewel? And they're like, yeah, she came up with a Lullaby album. But I don't know for kids when that was from either. And I don't think that sold majorly. So going with this, just this, this stuff, okay, the album debuted, this is, this is the one I was talking about, Sweet and Wild. It debuted at the number, number 11 in the Billboard 200 charts with sales of 32,000 copies. This is in 2010, guys, okay? And according to uh, Critical Reception, da, 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 performance, one moment, just, just going on chart performance at all. As of November 2010, the album has sold 76,900 copies in the U.S., 76,000. And 
we have here they're saying they have 23 million subscribers well uh in 2007 sirius xm ceo mel karmazin to boost profitability by eliminating all other channels stern is the big draw so why waste resources without all the other channels i wonder how fast the 20 million uh number would plummet before sirius xm merged uh, Daily News writer David Hinckley reported that Arbitron had released its first ever ratings for XM and Sirius covering April through June 2007. And they show that an average week, 1.2 million listeners at some point heard Stern. And that's the mm-hmm. total for the week mm-hmm. at any given moment. And that's in 2007. So when yes. he's sitting here right now, Right. In 2013, seeing 23 million subscribers, that's right. nonsense. Yes. Well, they might have subscribers at Sirius. It doesn't mean they're listeners. To it doesn't him? mean they're supporters no. to him. No. So it's it's like uh, smoke and mirrors. And uh, in actual fact, at that time, even now, well, now it's different because they have, they're offering it free. Didn't you have to go like one tier further to hear him, like premium content? Correct. So a subscriber is also those base subscribers that don't have the premium content, technically. Right. So it's nonsense. It's bullshit. And anybody knowing this, any publicist could read that and go, that's bullshit. The the, the industry's dumb, but they're not that fucking dumb. Well, that was the basis of the argument for the XM and Sirius merger. And a writer said this. uh, I I don't want to quote him because I can't... um... I don't have it on hand, but I mm-hmm. remember reading the article. They said mm-hmm. if if he were to win that lawsuit, it would have proved that he was the one that procured those subscribers. But mm-hmm. in fact, it actually did the opposite. If Absolutely. people were really there to listen to Stern, they held on to their XM. They didn't mm-hmm. switch to Sirius when That's they correct. knew he came over. Mm-hmm. They didn't. That's right. And, and in fact, they, they surveyed people, uh, and they, at one point they said there was only about 5% of the listeners actually would admit to listening to Stern or say it anyway, in a, in a poll. And that Arbitron rating that Sam just quoted was a great article. They only did it once in 2007 and they never did it again because they realized after seeing the numbers so low that it was pointless because he had zero reach. He traded serious. He traded regular radio for the money. He didn't have to have guarantee. He, he was incentive based for the first couple of years, but then didn't have to care because he was getting paid anyway. So, right. so as funny as this is, and we can laugh and ha 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 about it, sure. which yeah. of course we will and do. Yeah. Yeah. I want everyone to know the points that these people who actually wrote truth were a never cited. And no. those articles are far and few between. And I dare you. To find mm-hmm. them because they're very mm-hmm. hard to. And yeah, you have to dig. But... You got to really dig. And mm-hmm. two, this shows the merger, the lawsuit that he sent forth is completely actually did the opposite of what he wanted. Not only did he not get that money, but it showed he was none of the reason for it. Well, he also, he, he was under, he went and filed for appeal as well. And that got thrown out. So it was multiple attempts at getting, grabbing at this fucking money. And all that did really was cement his, his look as a greedy fuck and, um, and, and really a disloyal asshole. 
And cause he was, it was, it was put in his contract. If there's a merger, you're getting 25 million. He got the 25 million. He had nothing to do with the merger as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and then ultimately he was also a guy, and I've said this before on the podcast, he sold his stock as soon as he could. This as is not a guy who believed in the company he was, he was working for. And he went on the interviews. You remember him on the fucking Bill O'Reilly interview. He goes, yep. is it my concern if they're making money? He really? still does this. It's not, yeah. it's, I just, I do the best I can, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> really? You sue the company and that's the best you can do? Okay. There was, the company merged and this was the, this is the thing that I think is most important. People mm-hmm. who were in XM knew when he came over to Sirius, if they wanted to listen to him, they would have switched. Yeah, and absolutely. that was the main point. Mm-hmm. And they were, and they were told, and first of all, there was a, by the way, everybody, if we wanted to go into the merger thing and talk about the horseshit that that was year, that year, 2007, we'd have a field day because he went from at one point saying, look, if we don't merge, we're not going to survive to we're kill we're killing iTunes. We're killing Apple and all this bullshit. So he wanted it both ways. Uh, and then when certain things were going his way, so you can't believe a guy talking out of both sides of his mouth. And in this case, in this particular case, he was counting on that merger to get that fucking big bonus, to get that second, uh, subscriber bonus, which he never hit. To and they go didn't nowhere. count that towards it. Yeah, exactly. So let's continue. Doo-doo. She was endearing. She got her clubs. She reached paid subscribers, people who actually have money in their pocket. And we know that these interviews are very effective. Celebrities uh, tweet, gee, best interview I ever had. <laughs> and do you, re- do you really want me to fucking play that, that interview of Jewel and see exactly how deep they went into it? I mean, even back as 2013, guys, his interviews only got worse and worse. Don't Is fool yourself. Is there anyone before this summit that hated social media more? <laughs> he hated it. He, he absolutely fucking hated it. Uh, plug book, movie, CD, many times. He's he's already proven. Like he he can't. Pl- First of all, he's horrible at plugging stuff. Do you remember when Robert Plant came in in 2017? He didn't even mention his new album until he was out the fucking door, almost. Beside the point, this is how archaic, even in 2013, this is. He doesn't understand the metrics of Twitter. He doesn't understand the positivity in Facebook or social media promotion. He doesn't understand the change. And the change already happened and passed him the fuck by. And yet he's sitting there, standing here on a stage in 2013, like an embarrassment Yes. Saying we have this amount of subscribers to an entire platform, not yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And look at this. Right. And then he's, but he's, he's having, he wants it two ways. Reason we're number one, 23 million, million subscribers. If they're all loyal to you, then why are you, what's the point of this meeting? If you're so influential, why do you have to announce it that they're forgetting us? Fillmore, you know he's influential by the font in the beginning. That top, <laughs> that top font that's like, yeah, just, <laughs> like orange is the new black font. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Keep going. Fans tweet. They send in emails. She, you know, I didn't like Jules so much, but I heard her on your show, and she was fantastic. We've had. People like Billy Corgan come in, their album goes into the top 10. 
We've had books that have gone into the top ten. We're pretty amazing. <laughs> okay, we might books have to pause that, it there. Uh, <laughs> books that go into the top ten, but we're having literal. I can remember when email came out as a child. <laughs> as a child. And I remember AOL and first downloading it and dial up and email. These Mm -hmm. are the graphics. Yes, they are. Right. He, he is completely out of touch and bringing up Billy Corgan, who, by the way, guys had a top 10 album, I think just about every time he released one up until around this time. And after, uh, like, and he, he, it didn't move the needle when he did appear in 2013, I believe, uh, it, it was like a record low in terms of chart performance form, uh, like uh, right out of the gates. So Howard's old metric, you're right. His metric of the way it used to be at K rock, you come in and we'll plug your album and people will hear it like the old days. It didn't apply anymore in the days of now file sharing and people having their own websites and direct download from the artist and like guys like uh, Trent Reznor, I'm not a fan, but he was one of those pioneers of connecting with the fans, releasing free content. You pay for a certain amount and I'm going to release music for you and you get it direct download. Prince started to try to do that or ages ago, but either way, he's out of touch. So I'm friends with somebody who's been in the um, radio advertising business called Entercom forever and he has been a part of that company i think um the person i'm friends with for like close to 20 years or so and he has said the change in the radio industry obviously is immense but in order to meet and stay involved in intercom to survive and people to survive how you have to change Mm -hmm. he was also a stern fan and saw this in just unbelievably dated like this already shift that has happened this mm-hmm. immense shift in how you communicate to publicists how yeah. you communicate to social media how you get that word out there how you advertise has already yeah. been done yeah, it's, it's already there this right. is old news so to get this i don't know 1996 graphic with this bullshit <laughs> yeah with this header it's just insanity. I mean, it's it's like beyond your grandfather embarrassing. <laughs> it's like your grandfather coming up to you and telling you he just discovered this great new group called the Spice Girls. <laughs> I'm I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> yeah. So, and no disrespect to the, the Spice Girls. I know Sarah, right. you're a well, huge I'll fan tell you of what them. What I want, what I really, really want. Here's <laughs> yeah. the story from HZ. You want to get with me? You better listen carefully. We got M in the place. It likes it in your face. You want Gia could see it. Likes it on an easy breeze. <laughs> wow. And I thought me doing Snow's Informer was impressive. Nobody knows it. We're now on satellite radio. And now that we're in satellite radio, we're in sort of our own little protected bubble. But what's happening is... (laughs) (laughs) Protected by armed guards. (laughs) And that was (laughs) sure. sure. (laughs) This this info needs to get out. Communicated to publicists. Blasted on Twitter. We need to spread this word virally. This is word salad. Okay, let's go through this, right? This info right. needs to get out. <laughs> we'll communicate it to publicists. Okay, so right there. Mm-hmm. One, that's retarded. Because yeah. everybody knows in the radio industry and the media industry, publicists 
will already put you on the agenda if they want that word to get out. And that was the means of how they communicate their product or their project that they're putting forth. So you communicating to them is mm -hmm. null and void unless you have some sort of new way of mm -hmm. reaching people. Is there right. something that we missed? Oh, I'm sorry. No. Blast it on Twitter. Blast it on Twitter. I'm sorry. I've never heard of that before and haven't since. Bye-bye. We need to Fucked spread this Twitter. word. We need to spread this word virally. Oh, kind of like your coronavirus scare fast. Go fuck yeah. yourself. Yeah. It's just bullshit. Look at this. Uh, up your nose with a rubber hose, Mr. Kata. No, this, this is the reality. And I, I'll, I'll, we'll have to split this up pretty soon and uh, go into the second part. We're not even in 10 minutes in, guys, but that's how that's how much we wanted to to really break this down properly. Bowie, in 2007 or so, around the merger time on the wrap-up show, admits to a caller that he said, look, if this merger goes through, we'll be able to get the A-list guests we haven't been able to get since we moved to satellite. Big fucking Bowie mistake. You're admitting now that now you can't even get guests because you're not big enough anymore. You don't have the reach. You're actually betraying that your numbers are shit. So hence why later on in this uh, summit video, you're going to hear he's pissed off because uh, not uh, um, what's his name? Not Doug Goodstein. Scott Greenstein mocked him when he said, oh, we've got this artist coming in. Why would he do your show? That's someone up upper echelon serious saying and basically admitting and he's stupid enough to admit it during the PowerPoint that they have no reach. They have no pull and now they have to beg people to come on. Whereas before it used to be press junket. We're in town. Oh, we got to do the Stern show. We got to do Carson. We've got to do Letterman. This is exactly what you're seeing at a lower level. Looking at this communicated to publicists. What is this 101? I mean, <laughs> Fillmore. Yeah. Yeah. This I is everything in a nutshell. There is no way that any of these people sitting in this audience are mm -hmm. like, what are you fucking, what is, what am I looking at right now? We need to get this out, communicate to publicists. Of yeah. course we do. What, how do you think we do our jobs or how do you think this works? Haven't you yeah. been doing this for 30 years? Exactly. And you think your fucking monkey manager, your, 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 your direct, you're dealing with a producer has all these, he's been glomming all these contacts trying to get with Mark Burnett. He'd parlay this into something. Well, no, you can't because you've got a limited hand you can play. So ultimately it's his own stupidity. He priced, he priced himself out of, he, now he can't take less. Uh, now he's going to have to, if he's going to get offers anywhere. And he's such a pain in the ass after the AGD thing. Nobody wants him. He's fucking old news. So in 2013, it's bad enough in 2020 In 2013, he was already going down the fucking shitter. So and then hard, you take him away from, you take him away from AGT mm -hmm. and you add the fact that that, preliminary number in 2013 apple podcast hit 1 billion yep and you shit on them you shit Check on them. you shit on Just... ari shafir you hit yep. you shit on joe rogan guess yep. what hi motherfucker joe yeah. rogan 100 million dollars gets to keep his content and on spotify just because he right. believes in the freedom of speech that he's doing now whether anybody wants to argue that deal is shitty or not it just mm -hmm. proves a point that this is how out of touch this person mm -hmm. is.
Absolutely. They're not offering it to him. They're offering it to someone younger, faster, smarter, doing a better show, whether you like Rogan or not. I'm, I'm indifferent. It depends on who's, what the guest is and what the subject matter is. When they okay. start going on about MMA, I don't give a flying fuck. I like to watch MMA. I don't like to hear punditry about MMA. So um, in, in this, anyway, in any event, the, um, the, the gist is also, you guys got to keep this in mind. He... 2007, 8, 9, 10. Okay, so he's got AGT. If you want to, just for fun, just for shits and giggles, go onto Google Trends, which go mm-hmm. back to, I believe, 2004. Type in Howard Stern and media interest, level of media interest. And you'll see a well, flat line like fucking Sonny Von Bulow's goddamn heart monitor because it's just, and then just, if you want to, just for the fuck of it, Google Apple. Google iTunes, Google just about anything that's kind of trend setting and at level pace or higher, and you'll see a drastic difference. It's amazing to see his name. His name only really kind of goes up a little bit with AGT. There's little spikes, but then not much. And then just flatlining when Robin's back in the studio. Okay. There's a little of this now because of the blackface thing, you might see a little bit of a spike, but not much because not really many big people covered it. Not too many uh, periodicals did. And because he's not popular. So that's why they, I, there's been plenty to say against it. And Uh the trans community. Yes. And with LGBTQ, everything else, I've, people don't give a shit about him. They want him gone. Right. And they also, those places are uh, dependent on hits. Because I don't know how many people read physical papers anymore. I still like to. That's the other part that he doesn't get. These communicate to public assist, blast it on Twitter. You guys don't even understand how to blast something on Twitter. So when they release a press thing or when they do something or have somebody on, they don't even understand how Twitter works. They don't understand the hashtags. They don't understand following the trending and going accordingly. And there's Mm. a certain way to sweep up with that. They don't get that. It's piggybacking on things, piggybacking on hashtags, making also you have to be, you have to have a presence. I don't, I'll be the first one to admit guys on Twitter. I'm shit. But it doesn't uh, matter. I'm saying that they're sitting there trying to understand this and they're not. And they're saying we have to blast this on Twitter. Well, if you're going to blast something on Twitter, then you better understand how Twitter works. It's over, Jenny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing! You just don't turn it off! 